Welcome to Tech at Lunch, the podcast that satisfies your hunger for all things tech while you enjoy your midday meal. So grab your sandwich, tune in, and let's dig in. Hello, I'm Nick. Hello, I'm Ed. Hey, I'm John. And, you know, this week we're kind of, you know, moving on, you know, through here. Um, you know, we had a really good, you know, last series on um, uh, preventive maintenance, I think. I think we, we covered a lot of good ground. Um, and this week... We kind of want to start a series on um, consumables and sustainability. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to step through this. We're going to step through what are the different consumables that we have. And then you're going to start looking at your sustainability options. This is for pretty much all levels of, say, additive manufacturing. You're talking from the lower level 3D printer that what you know some people are running at their house. To the guys that are running ABB and robot arms using pellet extruders yeah. on, the, on the far end of the spectrum, right? So we're going to have it split up into, into different things. Um, so, you know, before we introduce this topic, um, we also want to get into the fact that um, what are y'all thinking when you start hearing, you know, consumables and uh, yeah. um, uh, the sustainability? Well, yeah, I, I'm going to be honest with you. First, before I get into that, go to the website, Printed Heritage. Yeah. Look at it. Check it out. Just see if there's any lithophanes or anything that might interest you. Just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, we're also doing printed flags in, too. So we'll yeah. Get that there's going to be new things on there, and then there's there's going to be new, uh, new. I wouldn't, I don't want to say, like, I don't want to give too much away. Yeah. So there'll be new items on there eventually. You also see some so. new stuff from the Volcanic 3D, some new shirts and stuff like that we're yeah, going to be doing. Yeah. Check all that stuff out. I just wanted to get that out early. So Yeah. But sustainable, uh, sorry, con- uh, consumables and sustainability. So consumables, I mean, to me, it's there's so many things. Anything that you've ever changed, ever changed. Yeah. Can eventually, it's eventually a consumable. You have consumed the use, the lifetime of that item, piece, tool, whatever it is. Um, so for me, whenever I think about these two things kind of in conjunction, I'm thinking about what am I using? How fast am I using it? Um, supply chain management ends up mm-hmm. popping up that, that rears its ugly head. We don't like talking about it too much. Yeah. It gets convoluted. Yeah. But, but those are things you got to get resources. You got to make the yeah. items you got to be, a, and then you eventually consume them, whether <laughs> it's on an industrial level on um you know a production floor or something like that or at the consumer level uh, in in your house or your kitchen or back room you know whatever room you have your printer in your farm but at the end of the day the everyone still has to answer the same question mm-hmm. where do you put it after you're done what do you do with what's left what do i do with what failed what do i do with this other plastic or materials that i haven't or can't use anymore. So in that sense, like you just throw it away, does it go sit in a landfill? These are plastics. Like thermoplastics. Is that really the best thing for them? I mean PLA, fine. Yeah, PLA will be great. It's biodegradable, but So is PETG. To most of it. Most of it. We get we gotta be careful because some of the stuff that that people that we're making now is kind of a PETG blend. Yeah. And it makes it last a lot longer. I mean, that's why you see some of the plastic bottles, they, they, they last a couple yeah, decades. Pet. Yeah, yeah, so the PET, but with the G in there, the uh, I think, yeah, glycol is what it is. It definitely changes it a little bit, though. But you just got to be careful. I mean, honestly, I'm not, tell, I'm not telling you to go try this. Go, don't go throw it in your backyard. But, like, 
these things have to be taken care of and I, I, I would say that would be I mean if you have the end in mind when you start then you can properly plan for it is, is right. pretty much what I'm getting at so if you're trying to be sustainable and you're trying to you know not just reduce reuse uh, recycle but upcycle some stuff too like I'm, I'm using my spools I'm, I'm printing some um, uh, like drawers or like little open things um, or uh, a cable organizer for a clip into the spool of plastic so I can reuse that spool. I don't have to throw this plastic one away. Now they make them out of cardboard so it's more sustainable. So they've answered that problem. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, that's just one example. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I could toss it over to you too, Ed, because I, I can go over this for hours. It just makes sense to me, consumables, you're consuming those items. And right. Sustainably, you're trying to make sure you can continue. I mean, honestly, if you're trying to make a profit off it, doing it at an industry level, you want to be able to consume as long as possible, right? So Makes you need sense. to make sure your uptime, is so it goes into PMs, all that stuff. Yeah. So I, I would say if we talk consumables, we, sh we should look at it from, uh, like I said, there are multifaceted parts to uh, things being consumable. Things that you didn't consider and things that everybody considers. So, of course, the material is one of the things that's consumable. Um, you also have to take into, uh, in, uh, as a factor, nozzles, um, your hot ends, um, the bed itself, but also time. Time is consumable. Yeah. So, you have to take in that time that you put into producing that part. That's something that's going to be consumed and if you're talking about doing this as other than uh, a hobbyist type mm -hmm. of thing, you have to keep that in in consideration in the cost of making whatever product. When you figure out how I can recycle saying? time, please let me yeah. know. So I'm going to try to do that every day. Upcycle. Walking to work. You got <laughs> well, just <laughs> yeah. So so let's let's get into just the material. So the material in general, if it's kept at the right temperature, it can last up to twelve to eighteen years. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, like they said, it is a biodegradable um, product, uh, corn starch base or tapioca base or sugar cane. Um, but still, you know, uh, if we are putting this stuff in a landfill, it still takes time. Um, yeah, not um, although it's, it is not UV um, resistant, so it can break down within a week on the UV. Breakdown meaning it becomes brittle. Yeah, no, that's true. I've actually mm -hmm. I've left something out in my car before, and yeah. it's not melted, but broken after, yeah. after a while. And yeah. it was actually a PLA, yeah. Yeah, and one of the things you have to consider with this particular consumable, like we're saying, material, that's probably the, the one that everybody would be more familiar with, is, like I said, you have to keep it at a certain temperature, and then you also have to consider moisture, because moisture will affect the quality of that material, and the quality of the material when you buy it in the beginning also will be a factor in that consumable. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, we also have the, the you know, the recycled, you know, um, material. However, and we'll, we'll throw a big wrench into, you know, Ed over here, you know, we, um, is, you know, this week we want to dig into your nozzles, your Bowden tubes, and also your your bed your bed structures mind you not everybody uses a, a Bowden tube uh, we've seen robots that no shit do vacuum tubes okay um 
pellet shooters. Yeah. Right. So they may have they have a different hotter than everybody else does. Um, they have a heating element, I suppose. Um, no. So I mean, you get it in a closed container, like it can only do but so much, and then they just let gravity do the work of right. You know, uh, making it viscous or hot enough. Right. So that it drew it, it, it drops out. I think it makes sense. I mean, because the hot ends, I mean, or not hot ends, but nozzles come in so many variations. Yeah, they're not all made the same. The material. Yeah, I mean, this was something that like, if we broke it down to like how even when I say like when I started printing, they give you the brass nozzle out of the gate. It's the cheapest mm-hmm. nozzle. It's the um, you know the most the most um sorry the least resistant to abrasion right so what 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 i mean by that is immediately if you get like some type of filament that kind of is a little bit grady or gritty or rough like uh, like sandpaper would feel um then that diameter which if you've got a standard printer like fdm it's 0.4 millimeter is going to quickly become bigger and bigger and bigger And then at a certain point, you're going to start noticing on your prints that um, maybe something's not symmetrical like it should have been. The file's not the problem. If you make the file the right way and it still comes out wrong, it is definitely symptoms of settings of your printer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, honestly, like, I could break it down so many different ways. You start off with a Bowden tube. Um, there's, like, if you, you broke that down, I can, I can break that down, like, deeper is showing the friction just in the tube if that diameter is not correct if your your material your filament that's going in the tube is not the right diameter i learned that lesson the hard way because i bought ah, the wrong one 2.75 instead of 1.75 yeah it did not fit <laughs> it did not fit but guess what i still have that spool because eventually i'm going to be able to I'll, i mean I, it's to me it's one kilogram Okay, yeah. it's the same material. I just need to re-spool it. So get a second spool, run it through a hot end, and then technically, yeah, that's what we're doing. The same, yeah, it's, it's the same thing. Right? <laughs> no, so you know, there's no need to just toss it out, no, even if I bought not. the wrong thing. I just complain a little bit, but I mean, there was people with when I could just rebuild and rebuild everything at two point seven five. Yeah, we're still the three. <laughs> yeah, it's four ender three. That damn thing's been rebuilt and built fourteen thousand different times. It's not an ender anymore. Pretty much, it's no, the it's, only, a, it's, it's an Amazon. It's the ender only the <laughs> chassis, like the frame. That's it. It's like, an Amazon. It's, it's you know everything from the Amazon cart. Yeah, it's it's been it's been Frankenstein, um, Frankenstein, Franken, yeah, Frankenstein. Yeah, Frankenstein. <laughs> we're talking about Christmas here, you know, frankincense and myrrh, yeah. you know. <laughs> so before we was talking about, like I said, the the material. And uh, we were talking about the life cycle of that material, shelf life. That shelf life was basically if it was sealed. Now, once you open the seal, you yep. you can still get 15 years, but it has to be kept at 10 to 40 degrees C and definitely out of sunlight. It can no UV exposure because no. that will deteriorate the material fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but an interesting thing is is that it is. Not soluble, so you can put it in water, but the problem is, is it's not waterproof. So it will absorb Absorb water, water and after about, I think up to 47 days, Mm -hmm. it'll uh, just start to deteriorate. The other thing you have to look at is some microorganisms feed Mm. on that material also, so it could also be broken down that way. Um, So why are we talking about um, putting a PLA, you know, 
in an aquarium or something because there are some people that are using uh, miniatures mm. in uh, aquariums. Mm -hmm. uh, so what am I getting at? So what I'm getting at is, okay, we talked about filament. We talked about the effects of temperatures and conditions can have on filament. Well, what happens after you print something? Mm. How long is that? That's a consumable. After it's printed, it's a life cycle for that also, mm -hmm. depending on where you keep it in the conditions that it's kept in. That's something else you have to uh, keep in mind when you start printing things, say, on your printer. Yeah. Now those become consumable because they can wear and yeah. fail. Now you have to reprint those parts. And to be honest with you, it just even adds more to it, to the difficulty making it a resin printer if you have a resin mm -hmm. printer because mm -hmm. even though it's less, I'd say, motors moving because it's just one linear actuator just going up and down in most cases, not all cases, but it's still it has a lot of moving parts as well that came pre-fabricated pre-made for you so mm -hmm. like with the other the with the standard fdm or fff like you're building it kind of so you can kind of tear it down and change those parts i would i guess it makes it much harder for a resin printer and but it makes it that much more um um uh, advanced of a user at that mm -hmm. point if you're there mm -hmm. You're probably st uh, someone that's that's ready to step in the fuse bed. The um, what is it? The bed. Uh, the laser bed. Uh, fusion. Laser bed fusion. That's what it is. Powder bed. Powder fusion. bed fusion. Yeah. So what's what's the life cycle on that? Those uh, materials for. Well, the thing is, I mean, is how, how long like is that material? Powders and stuff. No, like no, that? not, not, not the powder bed. I'm saying going back to a resin printer. Oh. What? How long does that material? Well, really oh. What's the life cycle on it? That's a consumable, right? Yeah, it's a consumable. I'm gonna yeah. be honest with you because, like, I'm doing, I'm printing something now. Like, yeah. it's, I there is a noticeable difference between, like, so, so I had, I used the the uh, resin to make a statue of a uh, of a comic book character at first, which used a, like about half the resin, and then I, it set for probably three months, mm -hmm. I would say. And I started printing again, but I didn't fill up everything in the vat, so I just used what was on the top portion of it, which was exactly the color I wanted. But as I kept printing with it, it, I, settled. it, it, it settled started, issue. yeah, so it started to yellow. Probably, yeah, you had to shake it first to be able to get the the, 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 exactly. the, 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 the um um um. Get the chemical kick. to set exactly so so that's that was but the you're problem. also dealing with a toxic chemical at that point that yeah. you know you really have pigmentation separation mm -hmm. because you're talking about and this is kind of going to a, a chemistry side of the house which i know kind of deviates from our our um <laughs> uh um you know nozzle and and bed you know conversation um is you're suspending uh, figment, um, uh, pigmentation, uh, pigmentation, pigmentation in a slurry, and at some point, I don't think the pigmentation breaks down. I think it's the binding agent inside the inside the slurry that breaks down that has to be reshook to be able to get that 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 um, pigmentation from the bottom of the canister to the top of the canister again. Yeah, and all the resins are made different too. Yeah, exactly. So it, it depends on how much pigmentation you put into resin. We saw that same thing at, at, at Rapid, where you have the little powders you can add to your, your filament to change the color, right? It's how, how many how many scoops of you know gray do you want? Depending on does it go from gray gray to battleship gray to 
Well, that's now moon dust. Um, it's pretty much black now. Right, exactly. <laughs> you can't you know, go anywhere. We put too much. <laughs> um, but, you know, the thing is, is if you think about it, between resin printing, um, powder bed fusion, the robotic printing, FFF and FDM, if we're talking about, you know, some of our other prints, um, the one thing they all have in all have in common is the bed. Mm-hmm. Is a bed is a consumable. A bed wears, you know, piece by piece, part by part. Every time you print something on it, it's going to wear. Yeah. You start talking about um, FFF, FDM, um, powder bed fusion. I wouldn't say so much. Um, and then yeah. you start talking about into your um, uh, pellet extruders, you start dealing with, you know, nozzle issues. While tubing issues come out through all of them. Because, well, it may be not in your, your resin printer unless you have an auto feeder or the yeah. auto fill system that they come in with lately. Yeah, because the form labs have like a tank system that they yeah, pack, kind of like in. a cartridge system. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So if we if we were if we're breaking down and kind of if we're gonna take the focus of, of the bed, there's like so many different angles we could take. I mean, um, we've asked the question before of like the efficiency of heating the bed all at once, and yeah. if you have smaller prints, constantly heating the full bed is that warping my bed? Um, consistency of the bed plate, like is it glass? Is it uh, silicone? Yeah. Is it is it PEI? Like what 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 are you printing on? However, in some cases, What's like your uh, the like in powder bed fusion, that that's a one time use. <laughs> yeah. You ain't getting that back. <laughs> but the good thing is, even with powder bed fusion, if you if you do kind of oops, you know, and you have you put too much filament or mm. powder down, you just reshake it. Which we saw with form labs. You could say, yeah, you, you sand you, it down you, and you, you, do you, it you again. drop it back into the bucket, shake it back up, dump in some new one, pour it back in. Um, mm-hmm. So, because that was the big question that I had with them when I sat there and talked to the marketing director is what do you do about reuse? You just dump it back to a bucket and bring it back? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, well, fair enough. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Simple that. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, it's like you like, and she said, you know, and the thing is, the big thing about like bedware is, what the platform is. Is it a 401 stainless? Is it, you know, what's actually the heat conductor? What temperature know? are you hitting? Right. What are you printing onto it? Because, like, PLA, 60 degrees, 70 degrees, 80 degrees Celsius. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't notice a, a much of a change unless you're aggressively heating and cooling it. Mm-hmm. If you're just doing standard printing, should yeah, be sure. an issue. And you switch out the beds. Yeah, if you have a bed switch system, then you're freaking golden. The problem is, is if you're trying to keep continuous uptime. Yeah, that becomes a problem. Because if the bed stays hot, mm-hmm. some of these metals yeah, or materials, they, they will start to break down. They can't they can't sustain that. PEI is probably your best bet. Mm-hmm. In a lot of cases, it's treated and has, like, you know, it's coated very well. So, like, you can, you can do that. But I've also not leveled my bed and tried to print and the nozzle just took that coating off so yeah i've been there before yeah i'm curious that you know maybe the issue is because it's a dc base um heating element some arc issues yeah that you never have a problem with iron ever warping no no and it it uses it it doesn't matter it's a heating element right 
I'm just saying one one is using DC because they made it a benchtop for a consumer. But if you look in an industrial application, I'm pretty sure they're not using a DC. And if they are, they're using some type of inverter. Yeah, I think about the I think about the thickness. Yeah, it's like a padding yeah. that goes underneath the, yeah. the steel. But I'm saying like maybe the 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 solution is with the beds the same technology used for an iron because the iron doesn't warp. It heats probably close to or probably higher mm. than most beds, mm -hmm. and it's continuous. Yeah, Building into I, the steel. So I, I think it's mostly, I mean, in my opinion, I think it's mostly the, the thickness of what that bed's made out of. Right. And, and like I said, that, that may, because that piece is a alloy. Yeah. It's so it's, like, a, it's a metal... It's a metal sheet that mm -hmm. go over an alloy, mm -hmm. which is built with a element built into that alloy. That alloy heats up, and then you have a metal jacket, so to so to speak, that's mm -hmm. on top. I think that's just because mm -hmm. uh, the nonstick portion. But uh, the the bed probably how many times have you changed the bed? Uh, like itself on the machine. I've like never I'm saying, like that piece, but just like general the, use, the, like the, the heating. The heating bed, I haven't changed, yeah. but the actual, like the piece, the the print bed that I print onto. Oh, you're talking three. about the yeah, uh, the, uh, the the PEI or the whatever. PEI sheet, yeah. Okay, so here's the question I have. Them at three, I know that you can re easily recycle those. But if you use what, what's the advantages or disadvantages of using glass? It's about what materials and the like. So PETG sticks, a like sticks so much to mm. glass. Shatters it. Yeah, that like you'll break the glass okay. trying to get it off of there, um, unless you do it while it's heated, right? right. Uh, PEI is flexible, so if I have a print that's like stuck to the whole bed, mm -hmm. I just f bend it on the corners, and the 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 force from the corners of the bed trying to go back to flat mm -hmm. pops that printer so, that print off. So it's more of a uh, this is it's, it may be a little bit more efficient for uh, recovering the part. Yeah, but in in the use if of we're talking the, uh, about efficiency of maintaining heat, yeah. though, I would say the the, the glass bed radiates mm -hmm. a lot of heat, so it's a bit inefficient. Now, but it stays probably yeah. true. The, the uh, thing okay. is, you will also find you a glass bed mm -hmm. for all. That, I mean, that would sizes. be, in my opinion, how. Yeah. Like for example, my Voron can't run a glass bed. Yeah. There's no nothing built for it yet. You can run a mirror. Yeah. Um, well, I guess which I've seen that, but also now they have that like like Corcorian or Corian. It's not. It's like a, 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 a thermoplastic that people are using now. Well, um, once once again, plastic. like the reason I bring this up is because there is already technologies that use induction heating. Yeah, and it is a glass base that is probably quartz or something. So I guess what I'm getting at is is that maybe the thing the the reason for using, in my opinion. The only advantage of using that sheet is that is I can take it off and put another one on and it's mm -hmm. flexible. Right. Yeah. But far as if you look at your induction oven, yeah, if you want to, I mean, I, heat wise, I would agree with you that. you yeah. see, I don't know what well, what that material and, is. Here's the thing that brings us to the another fun hot end is the one that we saw at Rapid, where it does where you don't have a heated bed, you have induction based hot ends. Okay. Right, that has the coils around the hot end. Oh that yeah, heat yeah. up as it as it as, yeah. it, as it lays a layer mm -hmm. and then lays another layer and lays another layer. The thing is, is not every printer requires a heated bed. Mm -hmm. So like the guys that are running the um, pellet based printers are not running heated beds. 
burning but, plywood. So if we're talking consumer and we're talking commercial, then we're talking two different things. If we're talking consumer, most consumers are not going to have that type of technology. Well, here, here's the thing about that. You know, yeah. that like that's a, that's yeah. not even a bench top idea the that's going to happen pellet this year. extruders are. But I'm saying you can buy what, pellet extruders. What consumer starting off gonna gonna use that's that. coming up i have a feeling yeah i, I, just, I just think that but that's the thing is, probably is we, something yeah. for somebody that's more commercial yes. and the thing is is you know our you know the goal you know what we want to hit is we would like to hit you know across that spectrum because i think that some stuff that we talk about and your consumer also impacts the stuff in your prosumer in your you know in your, in your bigger stuff because there are people that are running heated beds you know because they have to um that could use the induction stuff to, mm-hmm. you know, to get there. And then you have the other ones that have their heated coils that are wrapped through the steel. Yeah. Which, you know? which like I say, is probably more efficient right. when you're talking commercial and you're trying to have repeatability. Right. Like, I can tell you the difference between the thickness of the steel, of the 84, um, the stainless steel that's on my Ender 5, my Ender 3, and my Voron are considerably different. The enders are they're thinner. They're gonna heat up faster. They're gonna get running a lot faster. However, you're not having you're not have a, as big as a as a heating element, you know, for them like what I have on my on my boron. Then you start getting into your prosumer bigger guys, you know, um, like the ones kind of coming out of Prusa that have the multi the multi location heaters, you know, that are turned on based on on their stuff. Yeah. And then you have the stuff, the guys that are running, um, you know, the, the pellet extruders and your FDM type of stuff that are running suction-based mm-hmm. printer um, beds, which are disposable, by the way. And then also running just plywood, you know, um, because the, the, the hot end and the nozzle itself generate enough heat to generate that suction mm-hmm. that's required. So, and, you know, and the thing is, is all the beds are, you know, consumable at that point. However, all the beds are also very recyclable because the thing is, is once you start breaking down steel and metal and you start melting that stuff down, those coatings come right off, you scrape them off properly before it yeah. You know, and, you know, you just don't have to really spring steel, it's a whole different story. You roll that shit out and spring steel, stamp away. You know, and then the guys running plywood, you know, well, go down to Lowe's. Um, yeah, like, like I said, the, the only reason I, 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 I can't I, wait to be that guy's cheaper. The, the only reason I, I went down that road because we, we, if we're talking consumable, probably the, the thing that's probably going to be the biggest consumable outside of filament is your nozzles. It's going to be the nozzles, and that just depends on the material. And the thing is, is that kind of segues us. I know you know we, we may go a little long tonight, which I have a feeling we're going. Is I think that segues us because I think we've hit the the nail kind of you know pretty dead nuts on the bed topic. The only thing that is, is your bed on your um, resin burn. It's PEI. It's PEI? Is it replaceable? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, is it two-sided? Is it two-sided? Or is yeah. it, oh, you got the magnetic one? It wasn't one? at first though. Oh, okay. I had to apply magnetic bed to it, but there's no heating on it, so it was just a 3M tape Okay. But that's the magnet but and it's PEI. There is one level. that you can get that is you can flip sides, right? Is yeah, no, it's it's both yeah. sides. It's not it doesn't it's so it's PEI, it's double sided, it doesn't matter oh, okay. which side you use. Um it it's the same coating on the outside, like there's no heat, it's just uh four hundred and fifty nanometer 
UV light. That's all. Okay. So oh, this is the uh, the resin printer. Resin printer. Resin printer. Right. So, so do you have like a? Is it a um, textured and a smooth, or is it no, just smooth both? I mean, you can get textured and smooth, but I just got both smooth because uh -huh. I don't. I mean, depends on what you're printing with. But for me, I just wanted something that I could that I can remove, and there was a quick two pack there that was cheap. So. So actually, yeah, that's probably that probably lasts a lot longer than your printer, your other ones do on your on your on your. Yeah, Android. yeah. So it's would, cheaper yeah. than buying a second. It's yeah. cheaper than buying because. At first, I unscrew the whole bed off. Yeah. And then I'd have to put that whole thing into the cure tank or chip off or, sorry, peel off the print. Now, I take the bed off, I flex it, it pops off, falls in the tank, put the bed back on, and I'm done in printing again. And I have two of them because I got the two packs, so mm -hmm. I can actually pull that off, put the clean one on, and hit mm -hmm. print again. And while I'm cleaning now and curing, I don't have to even look at it anymore. So is the UV light itself considered a consumable? I would say that because LCD it has a screen that's displaying yeah, the, the light. Is. Okay, so, so, so yeah, what, whatever's so making the light at some point, consumable. some point mm -hmm. it will either 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 it will degrade mm -hmm. far as luminance, or it will fail at some point. I, I can almost guarantee if it fails, it's cheaper to buy a new printer than it's to replace the, 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 the photo. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, but it, it is, a, it would be almost like the bed. It is a consumable. Oh, that yeah, definitely. Somewhere down the road. Maybe you may be part of the bed, I guess. I would, I would say, I would say like the vat, the bed, all that system is all, I would consider it all part of the bed yeah. system. Um, but for me, what I noticed the most breaking of those screens are is when someone like let's say had a failed print but didn't clear their didn't clear the vat and so they can't see that there's like things sitting there and when your print bed comes down it flattens and it goes to where zero is and like we all know when you tell a machine to go to zero and something there is breakable in front of the zero it's going to break that and get to zero mm. so usually you see whatever those those things that were sitting at the bottom of the tank pushed through the bed and pushed into the okay. LCD screen and that's where it breaks so that's you know that's why they give you the mm -hmm. extra little um, uh, kind of plastic chisel so that you can skim through just to be safe mm, before okay. so I mean honestly that's something that most people should be I, I've for. seen some where you can get like what you have on your cell phone your little your screen protector yeah and it goes on the LCD they they recommend it. They the, recommend getting the, a screen protector like tempered glass like that. The only issue is is does it disturb the image? Uh, I I haven't noticed any difference. Okay. I put a tempered glass as soon as I got it. I bought one of those and put a tempered glass screen protector on it too. The biggest difference is I had to relevel my z my z zero, mm -hmm. um, and it kind of pushes against the the vat of the the. Um, um, resin a little bit, but not enough to puncture. So it's and it's been like what, almost a year at this point, yeah. and it hasn't punctured. For that reason, yeah. I've punctured vats for other reasons, <laughs> which is why I consider it a consumable because yeah. it just takes trying to get something printed off there. Yeah, and it has to, the entire thing is gone at that point. Yeah, you can't you can't replace that. Yep. No, you can't. Yeah. There's no there's no easy way. You got to buy more. <laughs> right, and you know the thing is, I think that kind of segues us right into the right into the nozzle community, because nozzles are such an interesting topic, because you can go from spending ten cents on a nozzle to spending two hundred dollars on a nozzle. Get that ruby tip. Yep, the ruby tip, the diamond tip. 
Um, yeah, it's like 125, I think. It's kind of ridiculous. But the thing is, is when you talk, when you actually go in there and you talk to them about it, you look at it, you can understand where they're coming from. Um, there is a heat dissipation issue. Um, but oh yeah, that's the one who showed us they had they had the coins that were different materials and, co- and the cool bowl of ice. Yeah, and then you would just in the same like hold it in bo- one. I think we got a video of that. We got to post it. Yeah, we got a video of that because you can see immediately as soon as it touches it, all the heat is dissipated to the ice. It melts it immediately from with the onyx material or the yeah. diamond the, material. And with ruby, which is supposed to be so dang, it's supposed to be one of the top materials, it, it wasn't as quick. So yeah. we, we and, noticed and, and, that. And, and yeah. you can feel it come back into your hands. The diamond tip, yeah, because you could feel the cool, yeah, instead of, uh, or sorry, um, it wouldn't, um, it would dissipate the temperature so much slower, it just holds everything, right? right? Instead of, instead of we saw the melt. It was crazy to see. And the thing is, is that, that kind of goes on to the, the, the fact that, you know, yeah, you can buy cheaper novels. Which no issue there. You're not gonna hear any about any of us complaining. We've all done it, still do. Um, but hell, I'm running an old cheapo brass one on the on the boron. But the thing is, you know, if you can spend the money on a on a better nozzle, spend the money on a better a better nozzle. The reason why you'll have to buy less of them because most of those nozzles, and you guys can disagree with me, agree with me. I, you know, we'll see where this goes. Is the better nozzle material will last longer. Hmm. There'll be less stuff you have to put in the landfill. And that's one thing. We There's no one out there right now who is taking old nozzles, breaking them down, melting them down, and turning them into you know brass ingots so we can freaking machine more nozzles out of. You can actually make an entire ecosystem of those replacing nozzles hmm. if you're using the brass nozzles. Yeah. And, and I would say generally... Well, stainless steel ones, too. Yeah. Technically. Clean the plastics out first. Well, <laughs> well, they would melt it out and you just scrape up top. Yeah. yeah. But generally, like, most of the times, like, three to six okay. months is what you can expect <laughs> for, from a brass nozzle. Yeah. If you print once or twice a week. Whereas, on the other end of that spectrum, if you use hardened steel, you're talking thousands of hours of yeah, use. I can tell you the last time I changed the nozzle on mine, I might be too full. Yeah. So, yeah. so like you said, that it depends on... The consumer was going to depend on the quality of the nozzle you use, mm-hmm. what what material you decide right. to use. You can use, you know, like I said, there are some advanced materials that can be used that may last even longer, but hardened steel is probably is pretty good. It's the best bang for the buck. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've been using for the longest time. I just recently got a, a mosquito hot end and got the, the um, I think it's, it starts with a G, though. Geradium, Bradium, Vermont. No, they yeah, and they have two of them. It's like I don't know if I'm thinking of something Galvinium or something yeah, weird. Something like that. But um, it's something that they created uh, themselves. I'm pretty sure. And and this nozzle is not supposed to degrade for much longer than a hardened steel. I haven't tried it as much. I'm trying to mm-hmm. print polycarbonate with it, but we'll see how that goes. Um, but at the end of the day, like I mean, we've cut not not us specifically, but nozzles have been cut straight down the center and you think about like we talk about slope when you're grading a house you're building a house um like what is acceptable slope for certain things like there should be an acceptable grade or rate of change of that uh the cylinder part of the hot the filament going in to the point 
mm-hmm. instead of it being harsh because what ends up being happening is is if ever you push too hard or extruder pushes and you're and it's slightly clogged you get stuff that pushes back and fills in those crevices and then they don't get pushed out with the rest of the filament so they just burn and burn and then they turn to carbon and that carbon in there eventually ruins your every print and you're wondering mm-hmm. why your prints aren't working is because you're getting you're getting sabotaged right at the before that comes out of the nozzle and and if you're using the the tube like uh, the, the bourbon tube yeah. like we talked about the end of that tube at some point can become hardened oh it will no it will i've, mm-hmm. I've had to replace I'd, ha- I'd have i've had to remove it from the hot end because a heat creep goes into the to the heat sink that it's sitting in snip off about a centimeter and reseed it yeah. for it to work otherwise it was all melted plastic and remember we've talked about direct feed hot ends before so mm, mm, might be time to move yeah. up to a direct feed direct feed dual drive or dual gear i mean you, you that would that's you know, yes it would get top most dollar, of your problems but it's going it's going to remove a lot of those issues i mean it was not going to fix your nozzle problem right. no, definitely but not. It, it'll fix it'll fix hot and end and heat creep problems. like you were just talking about the ruby hot ends if you can afford one of those over the diamond hot end it's something to look into it's something to definitely if you it, you know something if you want to not have to worry about probably buying another hot end for a good shit yeah, not a hot end but another nozzle buy once cry once right? it's buy once cry once you probably won't need to buy one for two or three years unless you something drastically goes wrong unless you want to buy me one I mean, and, right you know I mean, you know maybe <laughs> if your printer catches on fire and burns in the ground you might need to buy one um but with those we were we were show, we were showing pictures of that that they were sliced under like you said, yeah. and it's ruby all the way through. It's ruby filling up the void up into the the chamber, um, to coat all of that because it helps bring in the uh, heat creep to make sure that you have act- your 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 melt zone is is correct. Yeah, and it's, it's not. You got to make sure it's not you know getting to any of the it's not touching anything around it it's not you know losing any efficiency uh, of its heat anywhere mm-hmm. too because like i mean that's why we talk about the heat block is or, or will talk about the heat block is because that that also has inefficiencies which is why you need a sock which is also a consumable which yeah is, yeah i learned that the hard way i tried to put my boy with a sock on it and it would not let me heat up yeah which isn't it isn't it's not ex- i mean it, it is a science, but it's not an exact science right now. So right. like, I don't print with a sock on, and my prints come out great. You needed to print with a sock yeah, on. But it's the, funny, the situation but the, in the environment. Yeah, and the funny part is, is on my Ender Five over here, it does not have a sock on it. Yeah. Um. So I don't need to worry about the consumable on that printer. However, the Voron and its enclosure has to have a sock on it. I was gonna say, well, yeah, yeah. Compare, <laughs> compare the usage rate. Like, Printing the same material. Yeah, so the same material, but like I would prefer to use the Voron more often than not. So right. I would rather this that to be to be the one the main use. This one, if you had it main use without a sock, I have questions about the, the like the not stability, but the um, dur- durability of the hot the hot the block that you're constantly heating and cooling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like at a certain point that that would be a point of failure. That yeah, th- it'll be know, replaced yeah. eventually. Like it's like we said, we'll get into that later. Yeah, you know, it being an Ender Five Pro, it already has the hot end, the the um, all metal hot end on it, um, which yeah. is nice. Which is good if you want to print 
anything besides Bueller. Yeah, Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> you can try Pet G, but you, like we talk about this again. When you degrade it, the more you use it, it's brass. It, it, it might, you might have some problems. I mean, there's a reason why you can, I mean, like, I, brass is just not as durable as some of the, the right. hardened steels. So that's why we use steel instead of, steel for swords, instead of brass swords. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did that don't. once and it worked out in their favor. Yeah, it didn't last very long, did it? <laughs> yeah. you know, a couple of dents and guess what, it no longer works anymore. What is this guy making his sword out of? <laughs> Everybody's going there making them out of lead. Yeah. You know, they wonder where they're melting. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is is nozzles are, are you know, I think a little bit more interesting to some people be, instead of the bed situation because, and the reason why is, one, they're so small people forget about them. Hmm. They forget to change them. There's also no one out there, you know, that's actually recycling these things, and they're all being thrown in the landfill, you know. And it's if you are recycling them, let us know how you're doing it, because I'm kind of curious. Because I was thinking about taking them, burning them out with a blowtorch, and throwing them into a vat, and eventually melting them down to an ingot. Um, yeah, just put them in a forge. Exactly. You know, it, it, it's just how it yeah. goes. Give us no, a couple months, we'll you, sell you that ingot. <laughs> yeah, or you can, uh, like I said, if you, if you don't want to go through building a... Uh, forge or doing that you know you can actually take those and recycle yeah you can yeah just get get a certain amount and then you can take them to your local recycle center and those can be put back through being reused if if you don't uh if you're not industrious enough to build your own forge and melt them and make ingots and make your own nozzles. Yeah, that's at least a responsible thing to do. Your own well, I mean, that, I mean, I think that's a responsible it. thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Is to at least it, take them to the recycler. Well, it's the same thing that we talk. That what do you do with with batteries? Car batteries, like big batteries. You turn them to stuff for the house. You, you, well, you can you can reuse some of the stuff, but like most people toss them in trash. You should really recycle them. So like big batteries, like say car batteries, those you know normally you take those and get a core charge. You know, there's a system for that. Um, fortunately, the, the company uh, we work at, they have a program where you can bring in uh, other type of batteries and they dispose of them. Mm-hmm. But there are ways to do that. So, like I said, it's, it, it takes a little bit of work on your part. I know we're getting off of consumables and uh, talking about recycling. Mm. But, but, sustainability. I, but I, I think it should, at, at a minimum, we should be responsible enough to take care of the stuff that we generate. Yeah. Right. And your own footprint, yeah. yeah. Right. And, you know, the thing is, is, you know, as you move up in the ladder and you start moving from, you know, consumer to prosumer, from prosumer to commercial, um, from commercial to ultra commercial, if you start getting into building things with, you know, cuckoo robots and, you know, pellet feeders, you start getting into a whole other bag of over there. Um, because then, you know, you got pellets showing up in a vat or a tub, you know, now you got to worry about recycling a tub. Um, but you know, there you start dealing with your tubing. Your tubing starts becoming a problem. Like what we talked about with the Bowden tubes, it's gonna get hard on one end and it's gonna be hard to fill. You know, there I think with all the only thing we really saw with the um, um, the pellet extruders, yes, there is a nozzle, you know, there that's pushing through. Same thing as regular, regular nozzles, and they have to they have to be replaced. Is a lot of times it's an air compress it's an air it's an air issue. You know, not putting enough air behind the 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 pellets. Um, and the, I'll tell you this: if you want to try a pellet extruder, there's the DIY pellet extruder online right now that you can go out and download and try to play with it. 
you know, build one out yourself if you really want to build one. You can put one on an Ender three. If you got an old, and if you got an old Ender or old printer, yeah. you can re- you can repurpose, upcycle it. Yeah, I'll probably I'll probably take ones to try it. I got a spare ones sitting in there, um, just to try it. Maybe we can do a video or something like that on a build of a um uh of a pellet extruder or something like that, and you know, see how many people we can confuse in ten minutes. Um, if not, we'll just confuse ourselves because none of us have used uh, pellet extruders, so that could be a very interesting experience. I don't mean YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube YouTube's, a, YouTube's a thing. Yeah, don't believe everything you hear on the internet, though. Yeah, or you might see us sitting there banging our heads against the table wondering why it's not working. These are the experts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we just stayed at Holiday Inn. Um. <laughs> so, so one thing we didn't talk about I don't know how often we use it or don't use it but mm-hmm. we didn't talk about the uh, product we use to clean yeah we're definitely we're definitely going to go into it uh, we, we have an entire episode I think on, on cleaning solvents and products I think yeah because the thing is and good thing you brought that up and the reason why we don't want to talk about that we're talking about bedding you know or beds is because there are some people out there and this is kind of a very interesting conversation that there are some people out there who tell you to use acetane to or acetone to clean your beds, right? However, there, there's the other camp that says use isopropyl alcohol. Some people are also on the camp of okay, cool, I just want to use uh, Dawn dish detergent mm-hmm. and a brush to clean my bed, or hell, I just want to stick the damn thing in the in the, in the washing machine. You know, in the dishwasher. Probably a bad idea. I was about to say, not the washing machine. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do that. Ideas. It's like when you it were a kid and you want to wash your shoes, hand. you throw your shoes in the drawer. Yeah, don't do that. Doesn't work like that. No, um, so, I mean, it, it's a good point. I've used all the methods, but acetone, acetone. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's about breaking. I don't breaking. think I've ever put one in my dishwasher yet. But we, we, <laughs> we, we can get more into that, into the detail about that, because I think that if we just kind of just talk about it now, it's, it's. You know, kind of lost kinda in the space. A little bit. But but at the end of the day, it's it's they are all addressing a main point. And like yeah. you know, if you want to talk about or know that point, I mean, you have to listen to that episode. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, plan your stuff out. It's you know that, that's the one thing. I know we're coming close to an end here. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I want to I want to stress more than anything is plan your prints out, plan your stuff out, plan out how many nozzles you're going to need. You know, to get through certain projects and stuff like that. Figure out a way to reuse. Um, you know, if you can find somebody who's willing to take your own nozzles but turn them into art or turn them into other nozzles, you know, talk to those people. If you want to figure out a way to do it yourself, because I guarantee there's no one holding the market on it right now, is, you know, give that a shot. You know, look at what you can. Look at how you can also upgrade your equipment to prevent having to use the consumables. You can always upgrade out of the consumable yeah. round. You know, you can, you, you pretty much upgrade to a prosumer. You know, that's why you see guys upgrading to mosquito hotheads. That's why you see people upgrading to the, um, uh, you know, from the old diamond tip um, nozzles and, you know, and, and stuff like that. <laughs> right, exactly. Buy ones, try ones. You know, um, don't have to worry about it again. But. Hopefully. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I think we'll go ahead and end it there. You know, I just want to say thank you. Um. I want to say thank you to every single one of you. Um, last time I looked at it, I saw you know I saw some, some good numbers coming through because um, you know I'm always looking at the the listener numbers and stuff like that, seeing where some of y'all are from. Um, I guarantee you, if we can get a bunch of people from around the world together to go sit around and have conversations in different countries, it'd be kind of fun. You know, let us know what y'all are working on. Yeah, I mean, let us know the country too, because we right, can make exactly. those lithophanes we're talking about. Right? Yeah, we're gonna be making some col- some uh, country uh, flag lithophanes and. You know, you definitely find those on, you know, creditheritage.com. 
Um, you also see some new stuff coming out on um, uh, VulcanR3D.com uh, for all the merch stuff that we got going on. Um, you know, just have a little bit of fun with it. Um, but, you know, we want to, you know, take the time just to, you know, make sure that you all know that we, that we listen to you. You know, let us know if you need that you want that you want to hear anything different. Um, and, you know, spread the word. You know, get, let's kind of, you know, increase a little bit, have a little bit of fun with it. And eventually set something up so we can have a conversation. So, you know what? I say thank you and we'll pass over to the other guys. All right. Well, like I said, uh, I'd like to express the same uh, sentiments as uh, Nick. We appreciate all of the uh, support and everybody that listens. Uh, if, is there anything that you would like to hear in particular? If there was uh, some subjects that you guys would like us to uh, touch on or if it's uh, maybe you need some advice on some things or maybe you would like to uh, uh, give us a screenshot or a picture of your setup for your 3D printer. You know, what, what are you using? Enders, Crucis, or do you have something, you know, scratch made? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess so I, also I echo what these guys say. I'm always very appreciative to have some place to, to kind of talk about, you know, grow um, some of the knowledge and, and awareness around 3D printing and, and technology in general. So um, it's always nice to have that. So um, thank you guys for listening. But um, please, please, please stay tuned. Uh, we, we have, you know, the Printed Heritage website. There's, you know, the T-shirts that you guys, uh, you, you can take a peek at. Uh, if you've got any ideas or special prints, I've, you know, um, we, we welcome those. Um, if you've got any questions about how things are done or, or, or you want to deep dive on anything, I mean, we welcome conversations. So reach out to us. I mean, you got all the social medias. You've got um, the, the link tree with the website and all that stuff. Everything leads back to, you know, true home of the website. So um, just make sure you guys take a peek and, and, and stay tuned, guys. So. And the one thing we do want to, I just completely forgot, is you will hear start hearing a little bit different voices hopefully soon coming on the channel um you know getting doing some company spotlights with a few people um that we talked to it um uh um at rapid um if you're listening to this we haven't got you yet um sorry uh, i got some other stuff going on so but you know we definitely will be we're definitely gonna be in touch here soon probably the next coming weeks um so you know we hope to uh you know to talk to you then so all right that's all for this episode of Tech at Lunch. Thanks for tuning in and joining us for this tech-filled lunch break. We hope you enjoy the show, and don't forget to subscribe on all channels. And also, you can find us on YouTube under Volcanar Technology Solutions. And join us for our next episode, which gets published every Wednesday at 8 a.m. All right, y'all. Have a good one. See you later.